Hello? You play to win the game. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. To LeBron James! That was insane! Officially insane, LeBron James! right now this is justin brown the host today alongside thomas terry and david castaneda how are y'all doing today awesome awesome it's been a while since i've been on one of these episodes so it's yeah, great we're to glad be to back. have you back and yeah, glad to be back in the studio especially with y'all it's always great doing it with y'all. oh yeah i mean studio c right now it, it, it's filled with some pretty great people right now and we got a pretty great show for your ears uh, we got t- plenty to talk about texas state baseball sweeping marshall ahead of their UTSA rivalry game that they just played last night. We'll tell you about that. Texas State softball coming off of a, a terrible loss. They they had a series sweep. They were swept by Louisiana, the number one team in the Sun Belt Conference, but they're looking to play College Station A&M tonight, so it's going to be a fun one there. And we have NBA first-round playoffs, which is always fun to talk about. I want to hear about you know one Laker fan in this room. I want to hear what his thoughts are about the Memphis Grizzlies coming back. But, yeah, let's just start off with baseball first because, or, or, you know, softball first because they had the loss. And Texas State softball, they came off of a terrible sweep where they were swept by Louisiana. And now I think it's how many games in a row they have lost now? It is four games in a row, Thomas. I want to hear what is what is happening with the softball team. How are they going to bounce back? They're playing against an, a big school today. This is A&M. A&M is ranked 25th in the nation. They're 26-16, and 16, and A&M's on a three-game losing streak as well. So, guys, what it, what does the softball team have to do to really get in a position to win? Yeah, I, I said it earlier today. This is a get-right spot or a get-right opportunity for both teams here. You know, you got both teams here on a losing streak, both of them getting shut out. I don't – that actually – I need to check and see when it's the last time that's happened. Two teams that were both shut out in their previous games going up against each other. It's a rare statistic. Yeah. But, you know – Hannah Earls is still one of the leaders on this team, hitting 346. You know, you still have Sierra Trahan doing her thing, Sarah Vanderford. Taylor said it best earlier. You just need to find continuity between trying to get on base. Try not to make the game more hard, more difficult than what it is because although it's a it's a difficult sport, you you are more than capable of posting hits, hitting the ball out of the park, getting on base in, winning games. So you just need to get back to the basics. Yeah, I mean, if you look at this – three-game series versus uh, Louisiana, I mean, the strongest team in the uh, in the Sun Belt, you know, we go game by game. In the first game, you know, Louisiana took a five-run lead within the first two innings. They, they never really looked back, you know. Uh, Texas State was able to get three runs in the fifth, but nothing after that. You know, we look at the second game. Uh, Texas State takes a lead in the first two, or in the in the first with two runs, and then absolutely no runs after that. And then Louisiana eventually able to mount a comeback in the sixth. We mentioned it earlier, the, the you know, the complete game shutout through seven innings in the third game. I mean, it's pretty bad. But the common trend that I noticed amongst these three games was that there was little consistency in the run production. If we look at the three-game series, they only scored in three innings of the entire series. And, you know, you can't have that. You need you need to spread your runs across, you know, across the game. And little run production, you're not going to win much games, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean, I love that you mentioned that. And, you know, you look at that first game they played where they lost, you know, three to five. 
And one thing I noticed that the runs that they had were only possible because of errors. There were mm -hmm. errors made by Louisiana. You see Vanderford reached on a throwing error, and that allowed advancing in the fifth inning. And you saw that again with Anna Jones. She reached on an error as well. And this team must have some great hitters. This Louisiana team must have some great hitters because the Sunbelt Conference pitcher of the year last year she had she allowed five hits and five runs and I mean only two strikeouts that seems like Jessica Mullins was having a very difficult time on the pitching circle and you need to get those difficulties worked out especially before you know you know finishing this season they're going to play against college you know A&M which is a huge nationally ranked team I mean they're 25th in the nation so you talk about getting consistent. You talk about getting better run production. It seems like it's very inconsistent right now. Thomas, what, what do you need to see with the pitching right now? What, what do you think? Uh, Jessica Mullins, do you think she's just, she's just going through the motions and she just had an off night, or what was it? Honestly, yeah, that's what I'm going to attribute it to because we've seen how productive she could be on the year. True. She has been absolutely dominant at times and shown those flashes. So, like I said, even when hitting, it goes for the pitching too. Just getting back down to the basics, get down to your mechanics. Maybe it's something in your in your throw. Maybe you're not bending your back a little bit or whatever it is. I know the softball pitching mechanics are a little bit different, but still, yeah. all in all, the mechanics just need to be a little bit smoother, and then you'll be right back out there to striking out those striking out those girls. Yeah, and with pitching, and, and when you talk about softball and baseball, you know, it's the the situation that the pitchers are put in. You know, if you have, if you're holding a lead, if you have something to hold on to, you're a lot more motivated as a pitcher. Just like whenever you're losing by a lot of runs, you know, you're not necessarily giving your best stuff out there. So I agree that the pitching has to be better. You know, the, ga the games didn't really get that out of hand uh, until, you know, that third game, obviously, but if you just get the run production to be better, I believe that the pitching can kind of just, you know, bounce off of that momentum. So I, I think that's that's where it needs to start. Yeah, and I will say against this against this game coming up, coming up against the Aggies, you know, we talk about how many runs the Texas State put up, but in that three-game series for A&M, they only scored three runs versus mm -hmm. South Carolina, giving up a total of, what is that, eight, nine plus six. I'm not very good at math, somebody. 15. Thank you for that. Yeah, 15 <laughs> runs given up. You can expect their defense to try to be a little bit better, just like they can expect for Texas State to dial it up against them. Yes, you know, Texas State and A&M, the last time they faced each other, College Station, you know, the Aggies, they got a win. They got 4-1 win over the Bobcats. And all-time, the Aggies have the series lead. If you look at their all-time record, the Bobcats have only won 11 of the 77 games these two teams have played. They have three hitters right now hitting above 300. But Texas State, as I mentioned Mullins earlier, she's fourth right now in overall ERA for Texas State. She's eighth for appearances, eighth for winnings pitch, innings pitch, six for wins, tenth for shutout. And that's all top uh, Texas State all time stats right there for you guys. But yes, this softball team, you know, they're looking to get a win against a, a nationally a, a nationally ranked team, a 25th nationally ranked team. But Texas State baseball just did the same thing where they just beat UTSA and UTSA. If I was wrong, I, were they ranked at all? I believe they were number 25 as yeah, well. Yeah, they were number 25 yeah. as well. So you see Texas State baseball do the opposite where they already played their game and they go play UTSA Roadrunners and they get a 5-3 win. And if anybody knows anything about Texas State, you know the rival is the UTSA Roadrunners. Yeah. I want to hear what y'all saw from this Texas State team. They just got a huge sweep over Marshall this past weekend, which I feel like needs to be mentioned first. Um, this Texas State baseball team completely destroyed Marshall. Um, we even saw the game Sunday had to start at 11 because Marshall had a flight at 2, and they could not miss it. And guess what? 
they didn't miss it, but they missed. <laughs> but they they almost had a win. They almost left yeah. with a win. The the game was almost finished, and then and I think it was the bottom of the eighth inning. I saw uh, was it walk off, and yeah, then David it was the end. On the bottom of the ninth. David, yeah. Oh, bottom of the ninth. Yeah. So David, what did you see in this game? Tell me about it. Man, I mean, as opposed to a complete opposite of the softball team, it's been the pitching for the Bobcats that have really stepped up. Levi Wells in the first game, a complete game, nine innings, seven strikeouts, and only one. Uh, earned run and that's been the ace for uh, for the Bobcats this year has been Levi Wells and he stepped up again uh, you know this is a team that a Marshall team that you know is sort of expected to be beaten I believe that they're under 500 now with this last series the second game we see Tony Roby give us 7.1 innings with zero earned runs and undefeated 5-0 on the year the third game Zeke Woods stri- uh, struggles continued but Tristan Dixon came in, gave us four solid innings, and then obviously Davis Powell's walk-off win. So, I mean, in my opinion, it's really been the pitching for the Bobcats that has stepped up, you know, against UTSA. That's a really tough game. They were 28-8 and coming into the game. So, I mean, the Bobcats are looking good, you know, and they just got to ride the wave. Yeah, David, I mean, you mentioned it all for Marshall, so I guess I'll just go ahead into the <laughs> UTSA series. Like you were saying, UTSA being 28-8 and coming into this game coming into the game last night. I don't know if you guys remember, but earlier on in the season, they actually beat Texas State. So mm-hmm. Texas State had an yeah, opportunity. Yeah, to two. Yeah, they had an opportunity to, I guess, get that revenge back, and they absolutely did it. While I guess it was kind of funny, too, seeing UTSA's coach getting thrown out of the game, too, <laughs> in the bottom of the sixth inning with some uh, – I think he was arguing over a pitch clock error or something, but I saw the video on Twitter. It was pretty funny. But, yeah, talking about Davis Powell, just – on fire right now. He homered in the top at the top of the fifth inning. You know, I think it was a two run. Yeah, two run home run in the top of the fifth. That was the only home run of the night for either team. So just being able to see this team really hit their stride, especially coming off of the win versus the Longhorns in Austin. I don't think they haven't lost a game since they won that game or mm-hmm. since they lost to UT in San Marcos. So. Yeah. I mean, Davis Powell, I, I, I love that we're mentioning him because he had the biggest play, I would say, against an entire Marshall series with Levi Wells pitching as mm-hmm. well. But And then you talk about him last night with the two RBI home run. I mean, that that's an amazing performance, especially from a junior. A junior that he's fitting into a role that was left for him right now. You know, Dalton Sheffield step out. He's stepping into that role, and he's really doing great things. This is a junior. You know, he's wearing number eight. And this guy, if you don't know anything about Davis Powell, he's 5'9", he's 177 pounds. He's from Lufkin, Texas, from Lufkin High School. He's a transfer from Grayson College. And this guy is just doing great things. If you want to follow this guy, I'm just going to shout him out. His Instagram is dpowell underscore 09. I mean, man, is a hitter. And just let him know because, gosh, I mean, this Texas State team, they, they have they have a, some, some opponents ahead for them. You know, right now they're looking to face, I believe, is it Troy, correct? Yes. And they will be in Alabama for this series. Is this correct? That is correct so you need to maintain this hitting performance especially away if they're able to do it at utsa i wouldn't believe i wouldn't be shocked if they do it against troy but troy right now i believe how well are they doing in the sunbelt conference yeah i mean troy right now we can look back into how we played against them before or how texas state played against them before earlier on in the season troy oh i'm sorry that i'm getting them confused with oral roberts when we played oral roberts (laughs) You're good. Which we still beat them too, but you know, just getting on with it. We're seven and seven when it comes to road games, and we're gonna be having a few road game series against Troy and coming up against Old Dominion. So really the keys to that is staying hot, 
like we have been so far. If we did it in Austin, we could do it in Alabama. Yeah, and I check here with the Sunbelt standings. Troy right now is currently – they are currently sixth place right behind us. They are 26-12 and 12 overall, 8-7 and seven in conference, while we are 9-6 and six overall, 25-13. and 13. I mean, sorry, 9-6 and six in conference, 25-13 and 13 overall, on a five-game win streak. So, you know, it's going to be exciting to see what they can do in Troy – you know, and if you mention their 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 numbers when they're playing as a way. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll see what they can do. But I, I just want to see more Levi Wells, and I just want to see more Davis Powell. Yeah. One thing I have to say is I feel bad for Madrano. He was injured, Nathan Madrano, a great player. Once One player I was love, I've was i loved watching this past weekend against Marshall. So uh, best wishes for him and everything. Speedy like recovery. Speedy recovery indeed because this team might need it. And, I mean, I expect this team to go far. I don't know. It's it, This is looking a lot like last year's team. You know, I know last year's team was beating UT and doing the horns down and everything. But right now, this team could be a sleeper, and I, I'm expecting them to do great things. And uh, just it would just see if they can continue this. Yeah, I was just about to mention what you said about this team looking more like last year's uh, Slam Marcos, you know, because – I feel like they had a lot – there's been a lot more attendance at these games ever since last year, you know, since we went to the, uh, the Stanford tournament. And I feel like early on in the season, you know, excluding the Northwestern series, that this team had a lot of pressure on it. You know, this is one of the – honestly, one of the most popular teams in Texas, you know, with, with how hot they were last year. So I feel like – I don't want to say the pressure got to them, but, you know, you can't set expectations that high, you know, on a team that's very young still and – and, you know, I feel now that that's kind of – that wave's been a little bit over. These last couple of weeks, we've seen them really start to play like, you know, they were playing last year. And I, I feel like they're just going to keep riding that wave for the rest of the season. Let me pose a question to the both of y'all. How important really is it – I know I asked them earlier, but let me ask you guys. How important is it to win the first game of the series on the road, being that it is a road trip, especially going up against Troy and then coming up in a – few days um old dominion so how important would winning the first game of the series be i mean i would say it's it's immensely important you come into someone else's home territory and if they have a record that's like 11 and 3 they've never lost a, they haven't lost a game at home in months and you come into their house and you make them lose the first game of the series on friday night they got all their family there they got their uncle their granny in the stands and you just give them an l <laughs> no i don't think they're gonna be happy about that i think taking the first game is the most important thing if you could take the first game odds are you might take the second and look at what our last week was with Marshall took the first, the second, oh, and the third. And if there was a fourth, they probably would have took it. So who knows? I mean, I think the first game is very important. I don't know. How, how about you, David? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd have to agree. You know, I'm not very – I'm not too familiar with the with the trends on how the rest of the series go after winning a first game on the road. But I do know that, you know, something within the players and the coaching staff's head really clicks whenever you're able to take – um, whenever you're ta- whenever whenever you're able to take a game, the first game on the road, especially if you take it by a big margin, you know the demeanor of the the home team kind of changes a bit. As you know, now they know that this road team isn't just gonna you know lay over and take it. You know now they're actually now they're actually playing, and and, and I agree. I think it's the most important game of the series. You know, uh, and then only second to the or second would be the last one, obviously, but. Very important. And we talk this next this upcoming series, if they want to take the first game, you know, they're going to be doing it against a team that they lost to last year. Um, Texas State, they lost that series against Troy last year, and the final game of that series was 5-3 to three with the Bobcats' loss. So they're, you know, 8-13 and 13 overall against this team, and they're going to need to take their first win if they, if they want to, you know, 
maintain this winning streak of five games. But real quick, I'm yeah. sorry. I just, no, you I'm got it. Here, the, the, we got all this. <laughs> the Troy baseball complex is called Riddle Pace Field. So I don't know. Just <laughs> yeah, in Riddle, Riddle Pace, Pace Field. Riddle, Riddle Pace Field. So I mean. I don't even. <laughs> hey, I say we go Alabama? into Riddle Pace Field and we get some dubs. <laughs> That's what's it. Yeah. yeah, man. I'll, I don't know. I'm just thinking about like hot dogs right now. Like, <laughs> getting a hot dog from a basketball. I mean, a baseball park, bro. Like that's just the vibe, bro. What? Wait. What's your favorite baseball food? This is a good qu- good Ooh. question. Are you a pickle guy? Are you a nachos guy with the cheese that's fake, made out of plastic, <laughs> or are you a, a popcorn guy? You know, I'm I'm a cotton candy kind of guy. I love baseball park cotton yeah. candy. Dude, that's a solid pick, David. Especially when it's delivered to you. But, yeah, if I'd have to go with a with a good old American hot dog, second only to the ice creams that are served in the in the baseball helmets of the greatest baseball team in America, the Houston Astros. So uh, Them yeah, cheating Astros. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm glad we're mentioning them. We're going to talk about some MLB later. But first, Can't I, mean, wait. I mean, yeah, I, I know there's some Rangers fans in here. One Rangers fan. <laughs> uh, my favorite ballpark food definitely is, um, you know, nachos and jalapenos, man. I just got to mm. – that's just something from my – With the fake cheese? The yeah, fake you cheese. said the fake cheese. Oh, yeah, and you got to have all the juice from the jalapenos <laughs> out of the jar. Oh, yeah, man. The 20-year-old 20 20 jalapeno. <laughs> yeah, bro, you got the old lady handing it to you, too. Man. Oh, man, it's great stuff. Just straight uh, vibes. But, yeah, I mean, let's talk – let's zoom out of Kyle area in San Marcos area, the – what is it, Hayes County. Let's zoom out of there. Let's talk about national sports. And let's take it to the West Coast. Uh, I mean, let's actually let's talk about what happened last night because I know there's plenty of series going on, and I want to talk about all of them, honestly. I'm not talking about any in particular. But let's talk about what happened last night. Celtics beat the Hawks 119-106. Now they lead 2-0 in that series. The Cleveland Cavaliers beat the New York Knicks 107-90. That series is now tied 1-1. The Suns tie this series 123-109 to over the Clippers. And, guys, I just want to hear these your thoughts on these three series right now. I'm going to tell you right now, before we even throw it to y'all, I just got to say, Hawks are getting swept. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. um, Cavs and Cleveland. I mean, Cavs and Knicks, that's going seven games. Just going to say right now. And then Knicks. I mean, sorry, Clippers and Suns. Probably one of the best series. That's going to be fun. Right I want to hear your thoughts, Thomas. Yeah, I mean, like you said, nobody, nobody really expects the Hawks to really be doing much of anything. So I believe that this series will be – over pretty quickly. Um, Jason Tatum is going in there handling business. Jalen Brown going in there handling business. And I liked what Clint Capella said about Al Horford. He said that Al Horford, his ability to stretch the floor, meaning bringing Clint Capella out of the paint onto the perimeter, it's making it hard for him to be able to help his teammates. Mm-hmm. Like Trey, Trey Young can't play a lick of defense. I mean, let's just be honest here. So when his, def- when his defender, I mean, when the guy he's defending – blows right by him. There's nobody in the paint to stop him because Clint Capella is too busy guarding Al Horford in the corner. So that makes a big difference in there. The coach hasn't been able to draw up any opportunities for them to fix it. So, yeah, this series will be over pretty quick. For the other series, I mean, I've really been enjoying them. Although Russell Westbrook didn't perform too well with the Lakers, can't hate on him. Can't hate on him. I'm really happy to see what he's doing. And for the Clippers right now, 27 points I think it was last mm-hmm. night, although they lost, but still – uh, that's pretty good basketball. Yeah, um, I don't want to beat up on the Hawks too bad because it sounds like y'all y'all did it pretty well. But uh, obviously that was going to be a sweep. I agree with you, Justin. You know, 
that this has really been a learning year for the Hawks. You know, Trey Young, you, you bring in Dejounte Murray. You know, that's that's going to take a little bit to develop, and then you're put against, in my opinion, one of the most experienced teams in the East. With you know, this team has been a to title. Finals, yeah, yeah, they've been to the final. They went to the finals last year, and they've been title contenders the last almost five years now I feel like um, the Cavs and the Knicks I talked about it before the season started the Cavs are one of my favorite teams they're one of the funnest teams to watch you know you got you got um, Darius Garland on there you got Donovan Mitchell and uh, Mobley along with um, his name's slipping me right now but this Jared is one Allen. of the, yeah yeah Jared he's one of they're one of the, the funnest teams to watch and I mm-hmm. really hope that they're able to do something we'll see who they end up playing I'm pretty sure it's going to be the Bucks, depending on I mean, what's the update on Giannis right now? He is doubtful for game two tonight. Man. Doubtful. So, so if, if Miami takes two games on the road, they could very well be playing Miami. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you're mentioning some injuries. I mean, right now, I mean, yeah. things are getting up in the air. Yeah. With Memphis Grizzlies right now, John Morant breaking his hand. Tyler Hero broke his hand. I mean, everyone's breaking their hands, guys. I don't know when you start wearing yeah, gloves I out think there. They said with John Morant, he, he avoided a break. It looked pretty bad. It looked like no, I don't video, know how like, oh, you couldn't no. have broke it. But they said he re-aggravated the uh, original tissue damage that he had in his right hand, which is not any better. Dude, he I mean. goes up, like, insane hard. Like, he's trying to make dunk of the century or something. Yeah, like, I know. I don't know. He's like, I bet his agent's not liking that. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I'm the owner of, of the Grizzlies, I don't, I don't know who it is, but I'm telling this guy, like, hey, by the way, dude, you know, you're, you're like, pretty much our entire team. We're kind of, Bro, yeah. I'm, I'm going to sit him down and be like, do you know a man named Derek Rose? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll have him come in and talk to him. Yeah. I'm knocking on wood. I don't even want to even think about that. Yeah. Um, but one thing I have to say, though, just really quickly while we're talking about the East, it, this is the one thing that if you're not a huge NBA fan, this is a way to help you know who's going to win a series right now. You look at the Celtics and the Hawks right now. You talk about Clint Capella and that center differential right there. If you have a, a stretch big like Al Horford on the other team, you're going to lose every time if Clint Capella is not a stretch as well because the, you're you're pulling that defense out of the paint onto the perimeter, allowing people to drive in. The center is the most important position, I would say, in playoff basketball. People don't, people forget that. The big man is still alive. I'd say if there's a mismatch right there, it's not going to happen. And the same thing, if the Hawks try to move on, who are they going to face? Joel Embiid. Yeah, good luck, Clint Capella. I'm sorry. <laughs> Love Clint Capella, former Rocket, had to say it. Now, we talk about the teams on the West that we haven't mentioned right now, Nuggets and Timberwolves. Uh, you know, that could be playing on t- NBA TV. I don't think it would probably get three viewers. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Great big men there. I want to see Carl Anthony Towns playing with the skill he has. This is something Charles Barkley said, and I want to hear what y'all's thoughts on are, are on it. Carl Anthony Towns right now is of capable size, of capable youth, has energy, has talent. He needs to step up to be able to guard Nikola Jokic properly, as well as Rudy Gobert. I mean, I just don't know what's happening. I want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think there was a meme that said, I don't think we have the facilities for that, big man. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't think he has the facilities for that because Carl yeah. um, Anthony Towns, his mentality ever since he's came out of college, he he's, to me, has never seemed like he's wanted to be yeah. the greatest. And that's not a knock on his character or anything like that. There are just some guys who just don't have that that Jordan or Kobe mentality. They said the same thing about LeBron and LeBron proved them wrong. So I'm hoping Carl Anthony Towns can prove me wrong, but he doesn't seem like, especially on the defensive side of things, he, he, he doesn't have the strength. We remember seeing the, um, the video of DeMarcus cousins. Do you guys remember that with Carl Anthony Towns trying to back down DeMarcus cousins? Mm, yeah. And it was just, it was, it was, it was brutal, but 
Nikola Jokic, yeah, this would be over in four. It's it's rough. Rest in peace to Wolves. I agree. I think it's going to be a sweep as well. And, I mean, if you look at this on paper, you think that they have the recipe for stopping Jokic. They got Cat and they got Gobert. Two big guys, you know, and, and, and like I said, if you look at it on paper, it looks like it's the thing. But, you know, Jokic has been an MVP for the last five years for this team, you know, so it's a it's a lot easier said than done. And the Nuggets are a strong team. I, I just don't see this going anywhere. I, I, I mean, if we have time, I'd really like to talk about this Kings and Warriors That's what series. we're, going, we're yeah. going on to right now. And, I, I mean, I'll let you talk about it and start it off, but – Kings lead this series 2-0 over the Warriors. I mean, what are your thoughts on this series and the Kings in the playoffs right now? Who do you want to win, David? Just I mean, how it. could you not want the Kings to I win? I know. Yeah, right? <laughs> and, and, and they, what I really like is that they have proven, you know, that, that that number three next to their name in the playoffs has not just been a number. You know, they've proved that they've earned that, and the Warriors really haven't looked like themselves, except Draymond Green. He's, he's looked like himself. It is antics. <laughs> If anyone does not know, Draymond Green has been suspended for Game 3 versus the Cavs. I mean, Kings, why did I say Cavs? Because of stomping on DeMontis Sabonis, where it looked like in a replay footage you may say it wasn't stomping. But his foot was grabbed by DeMontis Sabonis in the paint. And, uh, yeah, he was ejected, wasn't he? I don't. Yeah, he was. Yeah, but I don't Hopefully. know who would say that he wasn't. St- that was – he almost – broke that guy's ribs, ribs. like yeah because we don't realize that guy is you know six foot something 200 something six pounds. nine yeah that's like six, a refrigerator nine, stepping on you he was a tight end in michigan state <laughs> oh no <laughs> i mean yeah i think this was the right call for the from the nba a lot of people don't like it but i think it was the right call you can't you just can't do that. And a lot of people are saying, well, what about Sabonis? Why don't you suspend him? Well, will you look, go back and look at the <laughs> yeah. footage? It seemed he grabbed his leg. That's a technical foul. Close. You know, hey, that's a technical <laughs> foul. But at the same time, it looked like he was trying to shield his face. And so when you're trying to shield your face, you put your arms, you put your arms to your face, and his leg got caught in his, caught in his arms. So I'm not Sabonis. Yeah. I'm not in this head or anything like that. I'm not a Kings fan. I'm not a Warriors fan. So I'm not biased. But hey, I think this was the right this was the right call for the NBA to suspend them. I go through these like stretches and I think a lot of NBA fans do of like Draymond Green does something, you're like, Yeah, typical Draymond Green, dirty, playing dirty, all this and then you then you go through this stretch of like this guy is underrated, man. The things he has yeah. done for this team, and then the, and then this happens. I you know, know it's like a, a, a never-ending circle. It's you know, like, we could go down a rabbit hole like this, but I believe Draymond Green is definitely a, a Dennis Rodman type player. He's definitely, and everyone knows that. That's his comparison, but it just shows that you need those type of players on your team. They give you the energy. They give you the momentum. And right now, what I want to hear y'all's thoughts about is like. They're going into game three against the Kings. This is a must-win game. You can't go down 3-0. You know, Steph Curry, man, his, his whole legacy is riding on this team right now. Draymond Green letting his energy take the best of him and is letting his emotions take the best of him. It, would you want someone like Draymond Green on your championship team due to this in, in uh, unpredictableness? Or what What do you what do y'all think? Well, here's the thing, Justin, and it's interesting you say that because guess what? This summer he has the potential to be a free agent. And that's what teams are going to have to ask themselves: Are we would we be would we be willing to roll the dice on Draymond Green in a situation like this, as we've seen what just happened? But if I'm a team that is lacking leadership, that is lacking heart, that is lacking grit and effort, I'm saying yes ten times out of ten because Draymond Green. I like what you said, David. You know, 
we go through these stretches where we ask ourselves these questions. But to me, those things, both of those things that you said can hold true. Yes, it is. It's kind of crazy the type of antics that he puts on and everything. But those same antics or other things that he does, they cannot be understated. And his ability to put his team in a position to win, I mean, great. You know what Just you, straight great. Yeah, well, David, if you have a point, you can say that. No, go ahead. What he really reminds me of is, you know, have you seen his appearances on NBA on TNT? Sometimes he would yeah. show up. Remember that? Yeah. You know, if he has a lot of similarities to Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley was always getting in fights, especially towards the later end of his career. Then he retires and goes into a career with media. And, you know, Draymond Green wants to do the same thing. Do you think all the controversy he's had this year would have any impact on that? I mean, I know he has been, you know, the NBA's – the NBA is always dealing with him like a chihuahua, you know, like he's always just barking and yapping about things the NBA needs to do. I mean, I believe Draymond is a, you know, someone that speaks up against things that are wrong in the NBA. So like, I don't know. I feel like that's, he's kind of similar. Do you think it'll affect his career media at all? Um, not no. really per se, because I mean, he has a successful podcast right now that's he going does. on. And it was funny seeing the jokes on Twitter flow in. Like as soon as he was ejected, he went out and started to go live on his podcast. No and everything. Way. No, that it was, it was edited. So it wasn't uh, real, okay. but I mean, still after game one, he did go live pretty quick after the <laughs> loss, but you know, he, his future is extremely bright in the media. I'm excited to see what the future holds for him. But as for right now with ba- basketball, he got to handle business. He was looking over. He was looking over the Kings, talking about going to play the Lakers and everything. Talking about handling business against the Kings, but you got to handle your business now before you go down all three. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna have much of an impact in his career. And I think that was the perfect comparison with Charles Barkley. You know, he, his antics were probably some of the worst we've seen in the league. And you know, now he's one of the most you know knowing. Um, you Loved know, guys yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, exactly so I really don't think it's going to have an impact and in some ways I think it'll, it'll help him you know get, getting his recognition everybody already knows who Draymond Green is and eventually he's going to be able to laugh about all these incidents uh you know Sabonis might not laugh but <laughs> so before we make our transition to MLB I want your no questions asked prediction just just say who you winning Kings Lakers. or Warriors oh. no oh <laughs> I'm not asking you that question <laughs> Kings and Warriors right now, game three, win right now. Kings. 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 I want Kings to win, but just I have to go against you. I'm going to say Warriors. Yeah, I mean, it's Steph Curry possible. might have a Steph Curry day. Yeah. You know, he might drop mm-hmm. 82 and just show you all who he is. Yeah. I was about to say Oracle Arena. That's that's back in those days where he oh. was beating up on LeBron. But in Chase Arena, I mean, he is probably about to drop a 50-point, 50 50-ball. 50 one thing I one thing I forgot to mention, I just want to say it real quick, that yeah. the Warriors have never really had this problem in the playoffs. They've never over In the Steph Curry yeah. era, they have yeah, never. exactly. Yeah. This has never been a problem for them, so that's why it's so hard to predict how the rest of the series is going to go because this is brand new to all of us. Exactly. But before we get into yeah. those predictions, you know I have to say something about my Lakers. No, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I mean, to they, you they, out, but they talk about your Lakers. <laughs> they counted us out. We went from being the 13th, starting the year two and ten, making the trades, going from 13th to 10th, going from 10th to 9th to 8th to 7th. We were going to be play-in exits. We won the play-in. We were going to be first-round exits. We go in and we beat Memphis in game one. Guys, what are we thinking about Anthony Davis right now? I mean, is is he back? Is Anthony Davis back to being Anthony Davis? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, he could be right now, but in a few hours, maybe he, like, say he tries to put his pants on and, you know, pulls his, <laughs> his hamstring. No, I'm just kidding. This guy is an amazing athlete. I mean, we forget of the things he did with the Pelicans, and he's been acquired by the Lakers for good reason. And I think this is his time to step up. We've seen him in the bubble play great. We saw him on, uh, you know, beating the Denver Nuggets. It was great, you know. But I just really want to see him – perform to the most of his abilities not just don't do just don't come out there and play a six out of ten night i want you yeah. to give it all you know you have the youth you have the ability to you have the size and you have one of the best teammates of all time by your side so i mean oh, i don't know about all that but maybe <laughs> no, you said Jordan it you said it no you said it right. i take that back you said it right now uh, like but no was. no here's the thing memphis grizzlies they're just too dang good, man. You can take John Moran out of that equation, but they did great without him anyway. They did it great without him when he was flashing a gun on his Instagram, whatever that was. <laughs> don't even want to know what that was. So, I don't know. I think Memphis is – Jaron Jackson Jr. was Anthony Davis's dad earlier this year. I don't know if you saw. He was dunked on. Anthony Davis had to get him a Father's Day card. It was – I have the proof. Just come see me in my office hours and I'll show you. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think Memphis Grizzlies definitely going to play their best, but I see the Lakers winning this, I'm going to be honest. David? Yeah, I think I think Anthony Davis has started to step up and really fulfill his role as Anthony Davis. You're Anthony Davis. You can't just play as another good forward. You know, you got to play as what you were paid for, what you were brought in. You know, they kind of moved the entire team to fit him and LeBron in there. So, you know, if he starts playing like that, which it's starting to look like he is playing like Pelicans, Anthony Davis, they're they're going to be fine. But what I just realized is, say the Le- the Lakers beat the Grizzlies here, they're going to have to play against one of the fastest, youngest teams in the league right now, the Sacramento Kings. I mean, they're going to have to deal with De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. They're going to have to deal with all the Kevin Herter. I mean, you see what I'm saying? Like, I feel like Laker Nation. I'm not worried. <laughs> I'm not worried because at the end of the day, the, that's they're matching what the Warriors do, and the game slowed, slows down tremendously if you want it to. Mm-hmm. And so the Warriors, they don't want it to slow down because they they play fast too. But when LeBron gets in control, if they move on, I'm not, you know, we're not future tellers, but if they move on to the next round and if the Kings move on, they play each other in the Western Conference semifinals, LeBron is going to be able to control the tempo the way he wants to, mm-hmm. and he's going to slow that game down all the way. Which, by the way, guys, Tell me what your thoughts on Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura. I mean, dude, 28 points, 24 points from them. That's kind of crazy. No, I, I'm in love with it. I think AR, you know, that's his nickname, AR15 now. <laughs> and, I mean, this guy, he – I just remember watching right before the playoffs started how great he was doing. He was dropping like 35 points in back-to-back games or something like that. And, uh, I mean, he was picked up for that reason. I'm glad that – I think LeBron's putting his trust in him. and He's like, hey, man. You're that guy. Yeah. And you know you notice LeBron and all of his like championship teams, he always had that one good white guy that yeah. can shoot, right? <laughs> Kevin <laughs> Love, Alex Caruso. Matthew <laughs> We can keep going. Big you know? Z from the early <laughs> It's crazy. So, you know, he knows his role. I think he just clicked into it. LeBron just said, hey, man, you're my white guy. He goes, I got you. <laughs> got <laughs> Say you. less. And Rui Hachimura, I mean, oh, my gosh. This guy, if you remember before he got drafted by the Wizards, I mean, this guy was someone to be talked about. And I'm, he's doing great things. Nothing less to say about him. Yeah, that's a good point. The uh, the role players that have been stepping up, you know, and if you look at a different team from the same, same side of the bracket, the Suns, you know, that's something that they've struggled, uh, you know, with in the season and even last game is their role players, you know, having to step in, you know, and it can't just be about the main two guys or three guys on the, on the lineup. So I, I think that's exactly what they need.
Yeah, but to answer, I'm so sorry. No, you're just good. So to, We're just talking. Yeah, here. to answer your question about, um, you asked about who's winning the Kings and War. Oh yeah, so yeah, I said the Kings. I want to make sure that I got that answer. Yeah, there. no, I think the Kings are going to win Game Three, but I'm going to say Warriors just to go against y'all. <laughs> um, but you know, I want to touch on MLB because we should zoom out about NBA and just touch on it because I know y'all too are very passionate about your teams. I wanted to hear some updates. I know we have a Rangers fan here named Thomas Terry. Got an Astros fan here named David Castaneda. Tell me what your team's right now. I know it's the beginning of the year. It really doesn't matter. There's over a hundred and something. I don't know what 121 games of baseball or mm-hmm. something close to it. Maybe 60 games off of that. David, let me ask you who's who's leading the AOS right now. The Rangers. The Rangers oh, are okay. leading the AOS. And who who's in that division? Might I ask? Uh, it's the, the Rangers, Mariners, the A's, and the Angels. Yeah. Yeah, you said the, the Astros too, right? Are oh, yeah, they? They, they're in there too, yeah. Yeah, and how are they doing right now? Well, let me ask you this, Thomas. At this point of the season, you might not know the answer to this question, but at this point of the season last year, who was leading the division in the AL West? It was the Angels. Angels and yeah. uh, they barely finished over the uh, Rangers, if I remember correctly. Uh, negative, too. Mm. So, I mean, I wouldn't get too excited. But 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 listen. So David I, had that response already. <laughs> I, I just want to say that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give all my credit to the Rangers here. Like, I'm going to be humble. <laughs> the, the Astros have done their thing, you know, but they're struggling right now and the Rangers aren't and they're taking advantage of that. I feel like they're kind of riding that momentum. The Rangers have spent a good amount of money these last two off seasons as opposed to, you know, other teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers that they've actually spent it pretty wisely. You know, that Jacob deGrom seemed a little bit of like an impulsive thing, but, you know, talk about, uh, Uh, Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon those were two solid guys to put your money on those are consistent guys that have been getting it done for the last two seasons and I gotta you know I gotta tip my hat to the to the Rangers and I will say it's not on record anywhere but I said it with my roommates that I I honestly believe that the Rangers were were a sleeper team and I could see them sneaking into the wild card yeah well since you've been so nice to the Rangers I guess I'll be nice to the Astros (laughs) for right now I mean when you look at the farm system that you guys have with Jeremy Pena I mean, he is one of the greatest young players in all of Major League Baseball right now, and I wish he was on the Rangers. I mean, I mean, he won his Golden Glove last year, his freshman year, isn't that crazy? (laughs) That series MVP. That is that is absolutely crazy. The future is bright still for Houston. It's it's not a rebuild; it's a reload type of deal, and so it's going to be fun to see how the Rangers and the Astros match up against each other. I mean, the sad thing about the team though is, didn't they just see? what was his name? Come on, it's slipping me. Great hitter last year. He's from Colombia, I think. Gary mm. Guriel. Oh, Guriel, yeah, yeah, from Cuba. Yeah. That makes me sad. He had to let go of the team. I think he left, mm-hmm. didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did, yeah. and that's just. But hey, and he, his family got to see him play though. So, but yeah, yeah I mean, I, I'm I'm loving what both of y'all said about baseball right now, and and about the Astros and the Rangers. I I will say that the Rangers are an exciting team to watch, and I agree with David. I yeah. think they could go all the way to the wild card, and I definitely want to see another Texas team do good. But Astros are reloading, and uh, <sighs> got to take advantage. It's been 84 years <laughs> since we've been relevant, but not really 84 years. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's I don't don't we Rangers fans deserve this? I mean, don't we deserve an opportunity? To not yeah 
just be in despair. It's funny. I just remember being a little kid and like going to the baseball park, you know, and all the little league, you know, and you'd see some of the little league teams wearing, you know, Astros gear and some of them were in Rangers gear. I don't know why they'd wear the hats. And I'd be like, what's that blue team? And they're like, oh, you don't need another team. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, don't end on that bad note. Rangers are going to do good. We'll see. But, yeah, we'll keep you up to date with as much MLB as possible and NBA as possible if you follow us on KTSW Sports on Instagram and Twitter. It was a wonderful show. I want to thank Thomas Terry and David Castaneda. Any final words you'll have? Have Laker, a good week. Lakers in five. <laughs> Don't sleep on the Astros. They're coming back. Memphis in five. No, that's <laughs> Memphis in six. All right, that's my final word. Um, thank you all for listening to this episode of Claws the Wall. Make sure and check us out on Spotify at KTSW Sports, Instagram at KTSW Sports, Twitter as well, and YouTube. Same exact handle. For Thomas Terry and David Castaneda, this was Justin Brown, and we will be in your ears next week. Thank you.